That Triathlon Show, Episode 6. Hey, welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show. Today's episode is a solo episode. It's just me, your host, Michael Erickson from scientifictriathlon.com. No interview this time. We are going to talk about racing tips. I have prepared a list of tips for you that you can use to get the most out of yourself within your race, from standing on the start line to crossing the finish line, what you can do at each point in the race to make sure that you really get the most out of yourself And related to that, if you missed the episode with Ben Canute in episode number five, so the previous episode, do go back and listen to that. He had some great stories from races, including the Olympics in Rio, that you should listen to to get into a good mindset about racing. I really enjoyed talking to Ben, so, so do go back and listen to that. Without further ado, let's dive right into the racing tips. So the first tip that I have is to be prepared. Have a race plan memorized completely. And the race plan, I would write it down on paper or on a computer file. I usually do it in Google Docs. And unless it's a C race that, that is just basically a training event for you, if it's a race that you want to perform well in, this is not just some woo-woo that people say, but they don't really do. I do write a race plan, a written race plan for every single race that I want to perform well in because I know that it will help me so much, make me so much more likely to perform well. I have an entire blog post about the topic on writing race plans that I'll link to in the show notes. So you can go and have a look at that that gives more details. But in short, you should write everything from what gear you need to bring, what you should do the day before the race, what your time schedule is for the day before the race and for race morning when are you going to get up when are you going to have breakfast what are you going to have for breakfast what are you going to do in each leg of the race what's your pace plans for the swim bike and run or do you have power numbers that you're aiming to hit do you have certain competitors that you want to get on the feet on or that you want to pull away from All these sorts of things should be in your race plan and you should work to memorize it completely so that you have no uncertainty about what you are going to do when you get in the race. Again, go to the show notes on thattriathlonshow.com to get the link to that blog post with more details about writing your race plan. One thing that you can do is to have key target numbers or splits written down on your hand or your arm Or have them taped to your bike even, to, to the frame of your bike, so that you can check those key numbers and make sure that you stay on track. Okay, so tip number two is to be confident. And a little teaser about the next episode that we have with an interview with Jim Vance, who is a, a great coach, a famous author as well. He has some insights about being confident or some opinions, I should say, about being confident in the race line and how it correlates to great performance in races. And I definitely agree. You should be confident because you have done the training and this is your reward for all the hard work that you have put in. The races, you should see it as your chance to go out and have the performance of your life, not as a chance to potentially fail. That shouldn't cross your mind. You should see it as a completely positive thing that you can prove 
to yourself what you have done in your training. If you have been training with purpose and you have made a race plan as we just talked about, then being confident is just a natural consequence of of those things. And being confident doesn't mean that you can't also be nervous at the same time. And I know that I certainly am nervous for all my important races, but I'm not afraid. There shouldn't be any fear when you stand on the start line. You shouldn't be a nerve wreck. You could be nervous, but you should also have confidence in yourself and that you have the opportunity to perform. And that is what is the likely outcome of the demands of the race. Tip number three is about the swim starting position. Again, going back to the race plan, you should know the course beforehand and have a plan for where you want to start to swim. Are you a strong swimmer? If so, maybe you want to stay close to your competitors. Or do you think that you can get an advantage by being off at the side, maybe? You know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And if you're not as confident in your swimming abilities and you want to avoid the chaos at the start of the swim, then definitely I would advise you to start way off at the side of the field or at the back of the field or both, just to avoid that washing machine that the swim start of a triathlon race can be. So in short, it comes down to what your goals are and what your strengths are as a swimmer. Tip number four is what to do during the swim itself. And unless you're at the very top end of the field and you have to stay with a small lead pack, maybe in your age group or in the overall race field, then make sure that you don't go out too fast and burn your matches too quickly, especially in long races. It's in many races, it's likely that you didn't have the opportunity to do the best warm up. So that also works to in the favor of going out slightly slower and working your way into it and get into a good rhythm rather than sprinting off and going anaerobic immediately. Because at the end of the day, if you're not aiming to stay with that lead pack, then it might not do you any good. You might just waste too much energy. Focus on sighting during swimming. You don't want to sight just the people in front of you because they could be poor navigators. You should know the buoys, the course, and uh, have them as landmarks. But in choppy conditions, you should also have a plan about what you're going to site if you can't see the buoys for whatever reason. Are there big buildings behind them, for example, that you can use as bigger landmarks or anything else, big rocks, what have you. You should have, have those things in your mind so that if something happens and you can't see the buoys, then you have something else to site for. And site regularly, get into a rhythm. I usually do every six strokes and it's uh, good in normal conditions. I like like it, I get into a good rhythm, but something else might work for you. So you should just know what works best for you based on training and make sure that you settle into that rhythm quickly and don't try to squeeze a few seconds by being sloppy and and skipping some siding, skipping, getting out of the rhythm to try to get a few more strokes in because if you go even slightly off course, then you, you will lose that time and much more. And a final important point about swim is to not overexert yourself with your kicking, especially if it's a wetsuit race. Save the leg energy for later and and just use it to to keep a good body position in the water and and get into a good rhythm, but without wasting that energy. Tip number five. So we're getting into T1. My number one tip is to keep calm. You have done the preparations, setting up your 
transition area. So this is really an easy stage of the triathlon. And T1s will obviously be different for different race distances. If it's a fast and furious sprint, then you need to really be in and out in a few seconds if you want to say at the front at least. But just follow through with your plan, whatever that is. If it is your first Ironman race and you plan to take a 10-minute stop in T1 to make sure that you have everything sorted, get some nutrition in, then take those 10 minutes. Again, it all comes back to your race plan. Don't be stressed out if others are passing you. Execute that plan that is your plan and don't execute their plan and become a victim to other people's agendas. Be sure to follow all the rules, obviously. Leave your wetsuit in boxes if that's the the case. All other stuff that you need to have in your box and not next to it or in somebody else's box. Basically, just know the rules and follow them. Don't be sloppy. Don't get a penalty. It's not worth it. Moving on to number six, which is about the bike. So again, unless you're at the very top end of the field, make your focus in the first few minutes to not go out too hard and find your rhythm and target effort level as quickly as possible. The sooner you get into that rhythm, the better off you'll be. And if you use a power meter, then that's that's pretty easy. You you just know what your target power is based on your training, of course. And you just look at your your bike computer or your watch and get into that. Simple. And if needed, you adjust it after after a bit, maybe after 10 minutes or so, you you evaluate where you are if you need to dial it back or if it's way too easy. Depending on the race distance, don't if it's a long race, then don't dial it up immediately rather just stay where you are because it will get hard anyway one thing that i find very useful on the bike especially after what is typically a very intense swim a short course triathlete as i am is to pay attention to my breathing on the bike to keep my effort in check and get my heart rate down just a little bit because it's pretty much always spikes in t1 it's a almost a sprint from the from getting up out of the water and and getting to the bike and out on the bike course. So the the breathing focus that I have is to use deep belly driven breathing so you really can watch your stomach go in and out, make yourself look a bit fat on those inhales and using th- that kind of belly driven breathing is a great tool to use on the bike anyway, but especially at the start of the bike leg of a triathlon because it helps you get into that rhythm and get your heart rate and your effort level in check. And the bike is also where it becomes really, really important to be disciplined and avoid the temptation of rushing off, as I said, just because you feel unusually fresh because in long races particularly, you will just run out of juice at some point. So so save that energy and stick to your plan Think long and hard about what it will mean for you and for your run, especially if you if you up the ante and and uh, go at a higher intensity level than you have planned. Sure, you might be able to hold it for the bike, but will you be able to hold your run, target run pace if you increase your bike effort? There's a lot of time to be lost on the run if you go too hard on the bike. So again, think long and hard about that. I'll usually begin to utilize positive motivational self-talk during the bike leg and pretty early on because it gets hard in sprint and olympic distance races pretty soon so so i'll use mantras like you're doing great you're having an amazing day 
talking to myself and find that that, that really helps. So we'll have upcoming episodes where we go a bit more into this psychology of triathlon and and that's just one example of positive motivational self-talk but you should find what works for you but generally it should be positive affirmations and statements and not something like don't use negative words like don't or no don't give up is not a good mantra because it kind of gives you this negative perception of of your effort really when you or and give up all of those words are pretty negative so positive motivational self-talk is the way to go and they can really help you get through those rough patches that will for sure come up during a race when you're going at a high intensity level and i also like to ask myself questions especially when the going gets tough and i feel like i want to slow down so i'll ask myself questions like if i were the world's best triathlete what would i do in this situation and 95 percent of situations that answer is i would push through this because you're not really at your limit even though you think you are so i'm not saying that it works all the time but pretty often you can you can get some more effort out of yourself by asking those sort of smart challenging questions so i like that strategy as well just remember that even though your head wants to slow down or wants you to slow down it doesn't necessarily mean that your muscles need to so you need to trick your head into believing that you don't need to slow down it's a want and not a need in most cases at least at first when you start to think that you want to slow down some other things that you can do to break up the monotony and focus on something else than the pain is to especially later in the race i do this i do a body check so i go through all my muscle groups basically starting from my face my cheek my my teeth my neck Am I tensing up or am I relaxed? Relaxed and uh, and I go all the way down from the head, through the upper body, lower body, and down to the to the calves and feet, and make sure that one at a time I relax all those muscle groups and and body parts. That, and that prevents you from wasting energy that you would otherwise waste being tense. And the final helpful thing to do on the bike is to switch gears at times to maintain power. Maybe you have maxed out on the sustainable power you have at let's say 95 rpm but maybe it's time to switch it down to 85 rpm or even switch it up a bit to 100 rpm maybe that makes it a bit easier to maintain the same power and the same speed just by switching switching cadence by switching gears so the next tip tip number seven is for t2 or i should say tips these are things that you can focus on many things for each of these stages of a race so t2 again like t1 is relatively straightforward but you should have done your due diligence of course beforehand and have it all in your race plan so you know where to go where your position in the transition area is and those sorts of things i focus on three things mainly in t2 and these things if you don't get them right can really ruin your race so don't fall when getting off the bike it's simple but not necessarily easy at all times don't get off the bike too late and which will get you get you a penalty and finally remember to to only remove your helmet once your bike is on the bike rack and again what to do is determined by your race plan so especially if you're doing longer distances like ironman it might be wise to have spend a decent amount of time in t2 maybe change socks and get some hydration fueling take your time sort out any issues like blisters or chafing 
And again, don't be stressed out if others are passing you. It's your race plan. It's not their race plan. So do what you set out to do and stick to that plan. Finally, tip number eight for the run. At the start of the run, running out of T2, I find at least that it's important to try and get into a rhythm of quick cadence on light feet. So I use a cue or a mantra of light, fast, relax to really get my running form on top. And that can be difficult after after a bike. And especially for you guys doing longer distances, you very easily get into a too much of a forward lean and find it hard to get into a running form. So using those kind of cues and and making sure that you do a body check again to see what your running really is like, trying to focus on that can help you get going. The upper body is especially prone to tensing up after the bike. So pay attention to that. Keep it relaxed and don't keep leaning forward as if you are still riding in the aero bars because that is not efficient running form. Don't clench your fists, your jaw, and uh, don't hunch your, your shoulders. Let them down. Stay relaxed in the upper body simply. If you can look at your profile in, in a window at the side of the road, that helps, or even just a car window. So you can just essentially get some feedback on how you're running and doing those corrections if they are needed. And beyond that, just know again what you have planned to do on the run and stick to it as long as possible. But on the run, it's a bit different because uh, this is where you need to be mindful of what your body tells you that you can do. Can you run a bit faster? Then the run might be the place where you pick it up a bit. Or do you need to run slower to be able to sustain it for the duration of the run leg? Then you might need to actually dial it back down, whatever your race plan says. Sometimes it just doesn't go to plan. Positive motivational self-talk and asking yourself the right questions. In my case, again, what would I be if I were the world's best triathlete? You might have something different that you ask yourself. Are super helpful just as on the bike and they can help you get the most out of yourself on the run. So make sure to use them. Also, another point about this kind of thing is to practice this in training because if it's the first time that you do it in your race, it generally doesn't work. You need to have practiced it in training. So, but if you do that, then use those things in the running leg as well. It'll be usually, at least for me, even tougher on the run. You'll be extremely tired. But remember, this is what you've trained for, and this is your lap of victory. Believe that you can do it, and you can do it. You will do it. Another tip that I have is to break the run down into very, very small chunks and focus on one thing only during those different chunks. So it might be that for the next 200 meter, you'll focus on your cadence. And then for the following 200 meters, you focus on overtaking that guy that's just ahead of you. Then the next 200 meters, you'll focus on your breathing rhythm. The next 200 will be strong arm movement. Breaking things up into smaller than you would think chunks can actually make the run pass by a bit easier and quicker than you than it otherwise would. And before you know it, you're, you will be approaching the finish line. And when you get close to the finish line, you'll just make it by pure willpower to the finish line. So give it all you have, get it all out there, leave it all on the race course. So that was it for this episode. One piece of uh, admin essentially about that triathlon show now that we're a few episodes in is that I found it a bit difficult to keep up with the with a schedule that I had planned with two episodes per week, especially since there are a lot of moving parts. I'm not the only one involved in in the creation of this podcast. There are others as well. So I need to get some 
processes set up so that to be able to do those two episodes per week and uh, we'll see i'll just do my best to keep cranking these episodes out as fast as i can hopefully two episodes per week but sometimes it might be fewer than that and the monday first day schedule might not always be the one that that i actually stick to just based on when the episodes get done so i hope that you you can forgive me if you miss the the monday or the first day episodes and and i'm trying to work work it out and and get the process in place to to be able to crank those episodes up faster and according to the schedule that i had planned Remember, as always, to go to thattriathlonshow.com to get the show notes. Again, I referenced a blog post about creating your race plan a lot during this episode, so go and have a look at that. It will be linked up in the show notes. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. That helps spread the word and keeps me motivated to keep doing it and hopefully soon getting those two episodes per week working and getting them out. Remember that the Contest is still running, so you can enter at thattriathlonshow.com to win a $50 Amazon gift card. In the next episode, as I mentioned, we'll be talking to Jim Vance, mostly about how to use data in triathlon training, but also quite a bit about running power meters, which is a very exciting concept, which we also talked a little bit about in episode one with Joe Friel. So stay tuned for that. It's a very good episode. So I hope that you're training smart and keep loving triathlon.